the first one I will be reviewing is Brimstone, which came out in 2016. Uh, I would not have heard about this movie if it weren't for the 22 shots of, uh, of uh, Moods and Horror podcast. Uh, they do a nice little podcast. It's a... Uh, what is it, JP, uh, from, they're all YouTubers or former YouTubers, uh, Moods, uh, uh, NS, NES Ruler 22, and uh, JP, they do a great job, I've, I haven't listened to all the episodes, I just started listening to them, these guys are not PC, so that's kind of a shout out for them, but uh, this was Moods number one, I picked it up last week, I popped it in, it's a two hour and 28 minute uh, western, kind of, with western, with like, sort of a supernatural horror element to it as well, definitely that's in there, um, and I, I don't want to call it the Weekly Western because I have something else planned for it. Uh, but yeah, it has Dakota Fanning and Guy Pierce. You know, Guy Pierce pops up in stuff like The Proposition and is it L.A. Confidential, I believe he was in. It's been a while. But uh, he's a fairly good actor from everything I've seen. Dakota Fanning, I've actually not really seen in anything. Uh, you know, she's in a lot of... I'm, I'm sure she's a fine actress, but I haven't seen her pop up. But yeah, You know, there's a lot of those actors or actresses that don't do stuff that you're very interested in. But uh, she's tremendous in this movie. Uh, this one's divided into four chapters. It starts out with a, a family in the Old West times. Uh, this also doesn't feel necessarily like a Western all the time because it doesn't take place all the time in the Old West. You know, there's like church towns, small towns, whatever kind of frontier towns you want to call them. But uh, this priest enters this uh, town. Uh, Dakota Fanning is uh, mute, something wrong with her tongue. And um, she kind of uh, helps give birth. She's kind of the doctor of the area. And uh, this baby ends up dying because she picks the baby over the, the mom to die. And this, this strange priest shows up and he's all scarred up and he looks creepy. And immediately Dakota Fanning does not like this person. And uh, the whole town is turned against Dakota Fanning because influence from the priest. We go back in time and figure out where Dakota Fanning came from, who she is. We go back in time again there, we realize who uh, the relationships in the movie, how they're connected here and there, and then we finally come back to the uh, very end of the movie, and uh, it ties up really nicely, and uh, there's repercussions for actions and things like that. There's At times, there's more more Western feel here and there, but uh, it's brutal. Uh, the violence is, uh, gore, uh, is there. It's, it's, when it happens, it's pretty nasty. Um a horrifically nasty villain with a horrifically uh, disgusting uh, reason for doing what he's doing. It's one of these religious guys that uses religion uh, on his side and does what he wants with it, manipulates it. But uh, he has uh, you know, some tricks up his sleeve. He's not necessarily, you know, he's seen some things uh, with a hint there. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, well acted, well shot. Uh, does it, It's not cheap at all because I hadn't heard of it. So I was like, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's like he's, there's been a couple cheaper westerns that came out recently. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So, But I was thinking, what, I'm interested in this. And I put it in. I was like, oh, this is a top-notch looking movie. Uh, it has some great cinematography. It has some great locations. It's, it's fairly beautiful. Uh, it's dramatic. Uh, dare I say the word epic? Because when you think epic, you think, uh, you know, garbage three-and-a-half-hour robots fighting each other nowadays well that's not what that word should be used for but um not that anything wrong with those movies either just not for me but uh yeah this one is a really well-made movie that uh as it unfolds more and more you realize more and more of the story uh and the connections and uh it's ruthless it, it just doesn't take any prisoners, and I love that about the movie. And it, it starts out with narration in the beginning, comes, and by the end you forgot that it was narrated in the opening. But uh, just well acted. Uh, 
with a lot of stuff. There's times where it feels like the show Deadwood. I would just give this a very strong, hearty recommendation. Nothing wrong with this movie. One of the better ones I've seen from 2016. Uh, I don't usually give ratings. I don't know if you guys want me to start giving ratings. I can throw them out there. I never really do. But uh, really well recommended. Uh, Top-notch acting and some brutal stuff. And uh, loved it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. For inwardly, they are ravening wolves. Jesus is the shepherd who protects you from those wolves. And I am his dog. The sheep dog that get the lambs back on track when they stray off the path. And some of you have strayed, haven't you? Mama, are you evil? Reverend says he's here to take you back where he came from. I know you're there, and I know you can hear me. You may have no tongue, but there is nothing wrong with your ears. Do you know why I'm here? I'm here to punish you. Why do you let him do this? It's a sin. I love him! Even not, it is lust. He ain't never gonna stop, is he? I've seen your mother. She's the kind of person that turns the other cheek. Be like her. Never leave your loved ones alone. You should know that by now. Okay, the next one here uh, was recommended to me. It was on Shudder. Uh, I reviewed, uh, I saw Inside. It's by the director, directors of Inside. I love Inside. I watched their uh, rendition of the the text, their movie, Text Chainsaw Massacre 1, the Leatherface one. Didn't care for it. So somebody said, why don't you check out their other movies, Among the Living and Livid. Are... So, I, so I watched Among the Living on Shudder. It's a Shudder exclusive. And I put it in. And, uh, you know, I'd heard mixed things about it. And, uh, man, the first 30 minutes of this movie... I thought were tremendous. I was like, what's mixed about this? This is great. It starts off uh, pretty brutal. The setup is uh, amazing. We have this uh, this guy who served in the war, and he's watching the news, and uh, he's a vet. He lives in a, a, a shithole, dare I say it. He's got kids. His wife seems miserable. It takes place in Halloween, so it's definitely like, you know, the French trying to, uh, you know, show Halloween. I don't know <laughs> if it's if it's the same over there. Uh, I hear it's pretty different in Europe, but... Um, going on a tangent here, like I always do, but uh, he's a vet, and uh, they talk about their kids having some sort of side effects, and and you understand uh, this. The, his wife is pregnant, and they already have another kid, and uh, it just seems like a miserable environment. Something tragic and ridiculous and over-the-top happens, uh, where some people die, and it changes the family dichotomy or dynamic in this completely, and uh, we cut back to these, uh, we cut to these three kids after that, after um, the, you know, part ways with this family. Really brutal and really disturbing, and it incorporates, you know, with the wartime that was going on and all the chemicals used in the past from, like, it's not Vietnam, but, you know, they're kind of using the, the modern wars as that kind of feeling. We cut to these kids, and we, we're in Stand By Me. We're in a Stephen King. We're in an Amblin movie for some reason, and I don't mind that. I love that, but the kids are delinquents, and uh, 
It's so funny that you have one hand, you have this horrific opening, and then the other hand, you have this childlike innocence in the movie with even the score and the way it's shot. It doesn't necessarily... They, they shouldn't match, but they kind of do at times, and they kind of match here. These kids uh, end up doing something dumb, and uh, they stumble across this uh, abandoned movie studio, which is awesome. Not stumble, but they know it's there. I was like, this is also great. Great setting. And, uh, of course, the, the, the people from the beginning end up being there, and they have this weird family di- dynamic with, uh, you know, like I guess I'll say Leatherface style. I guess the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family kind of deal, you know, sticking together. And uh, they witness this woman being uh, put in a trunk, and they try to help her. And uh, the the people catch on to them, and uh, the kids escape. But uh, they leave something behind, and that's pretty much the setup of this movie. The the killers come into their world, or the killer. And I, I was wondering, here's where it kind of took a nosedive for me. I don't hate it at all, but it opens up so cool. You have this setup with the the great family uh, thing, and then, then you have this really awesome location. It's a movie studio, abandoned movie studio. What better place to watch a horror movie take place? It's like an old boomtown, awesome stuff. And then they, they cut to these kids' home lives, which are all completely radically different. And that's where we're going to have the rest of the movie. Why set it up in such a great location? I know we're going back there at the end. You have to. But I would have rather seen the whole movie take place there. So as we progress, of course, the the killer, who has some weird uh, deformities, comes after the kids. Um, and this is where it's weird to me, because we have this brutality in the beginning, and we have brutality at the end, and we have these guys infamously known for their brutal you know, style and uh, inside and whatnot. Uh, there's like three off-screen deaths here. Three, four off-screen deaths. And I was just was scratching my head. I was like, you set up, you know, you always, regret, this inside's great about setting up suspense and then giving you the gore as well. So you get the best of both worlds. This one sets up some decent suspense, some decent scares. Um... But they even do the old the old joke, which I don't with uh I we don't have a clown stuffed animal, and that's fine if it's like a campy thing or a fun thing. But this movie's dead serious, and it's just like I don't know why this is in here in this type of movie. But uh, you know, it, it comes down to the one kid and the final family, and there there's times where editing is a problem here. One of the people is being attacked, and it it, it turns into like this one is a long kill, like a two minute kill on screen, and the family runs, and then it cuts back right to the family like they just got to the phone. I don't know. I, I mean, I imagine that's meanwhile, but the editing is just like, they're just going to stop for two minutes while somebody they care for is being murdered. Come on. They also forget how to open a washer. They should have set that up earlier. I don't think they did. Well, maybe this washer sticks. They forget how to open a washer. They spend two and a half minutes trying to open a washer screen time. That's aggravating. That's silly. Just, and then the end of the movie without giving too much away, it gets, it, it has some great, uh, violent moments here and there. The end of the movie, they set up one of these kids is rich, one of these kids is poor, one of these kids is middle class, maybe upper middle class. And uh, there's tombstones at the end. And uh, the tombstones are uh, exactly the same almost. Come on, guys. Why would you bother even setting up these uh, these class this class in this movie just to, you know, not even have it show in the tombstone, in the cemetery at the end? It's just small things like that that aren't really well thought out. But is it bad? Not really. It, it starts off great. It ends okay. It's a solid movie. It's well worth checking out. Uh, some nice gore, a nice setup, uh, some cool locations, and some decent scares. That's Among the Living on Shudder exclusively.
The next one I checked out is also uh, on Shudder. It's called The Nightmare. Uh, this is a German film, I believe from a couple years ago, but I'm not sure if it was released until 2017. Um, yeah, uh, this one was interesting to me. They talked about it on the 22 Shots uh, podcast again, and uh, Mood seemed to really love this one. I put this one, I was watching it, uh, this is a strange movie. It's psychological kind of a creature movie, which I love that kind of stuff. And, uh, and uh, you know, this is a very bizarre movie. This girl has these fears, has this, you know, this obvious problem. Um, it takes place in, uh, like, Germany, so they're always, like, going to these raves and parties and stuff. And it's really hard to even be interested in this character without sounding like a complete jerk because it's like, you're so rich. You have all this money. And... Uh, your problems are psychological, but they don't seem like they came out of anywhere special. It seems like they were just created. You don't really know much about the girl's original backstory, so it's just like they came out of nowhere. So you're like, what? what's going on here? And uh, her fears, her problems, they become a real-life creature. This strange little creature that at first becomes a problem, and then she becomes friends with it. She embraces it. And uh, the movie also has a strange time loop, kind of like predicting what's going to happen here and there. It is a very weird movie. Um with without much happening in it except some fun moments with the creature uh, that would be funny if it were played differently the creature looks like he's part digital part practical i like how he looks i like the setup it just doesn't really work for me i don't i don't really grasp it 100% or care about it enough to uh care you know i don't really care about the characters in the movie and uh it definitely feels a little muddled maybe i miss some things i don't think it's awful i think it's worth checking out uh it, it, it's a very dark film at time it's very grainy and it, it you know it, it, it's meant to look like that i don't particularly like how it looks again it, it kind of like raw it, it's a french film you have all these raves and this crazy dancing and stuff and i'm like man did kids act like that over there? I guess they do. I don't know. They would. The movies would know better than me. But uh, it's an interesting concept with some with some cool things in here. I guess it's trying to say stuff about overcoming your fears or facing your fears or you know uh, your psychological problems becoming real. But you don't really understand what her psychological problems were in the first place or why she has problems. Um, maybe it seems like her parents are a little overbearing. That's all I can get to. But. Um, I just can't really give this a hearty recommendation, but just a, a light recommendation. That's the nightmare. one I watched uh, streaming was on Shudder as well. It is Living Dead Girl by Jean Roland. Uh, Roland, whatever you say. I watched Lips of Blood previously. And, you know, like I said before, I had seen Jean Roland's movies. Like, uh, I only seen Zombie Lake. And that, for years, put me off Jean Roland. I was like, man, that is terrible. That's like Jess Franco's worst movie caliber there. And, uh, I, you know, Zombie Lake had some nice TNA in it. When you're a kid, you'll put on anything with TNA. And you'd be like, hey, I want to watch this. But it's an awful movie. Uh, after watching Lips of Blood, I was like, you know, I, I want to watch some more of his stuff. So watching uh, Living Dead Girl, I was vastly impressed. I like this one a lot more. Uh, this is such a strange movie. We have this, it starts off right off the bat. Doesn't take time to get set up. We have this mansion for sale. Underneath is a crypt. Um, 
in this crypt, you know, these uh, these idiots are uh, dumping toxic waste next to all these bodies, this stuff. And, uh, of course, that has a side effect on the bodies in the crypt. Uh, one of the bodies comes back to life. It is this young woman. She's beautiful. She seems to be preserved very well. Uh, she starts to roam around the mansion, and you see flashes, like her life coming back, and she understands some things. And uh, she ends up picking up the phone. She has these flashes, and she calls an old friend. This old friend and her have some sort of lesbian love thing going on. And... Uh, the living dead girl needs blood to survive. And as, as she becomes more um, aware of what she's doing and aware of who she is, she doesn't want to be alive. It's a very tragic, very sad story. And uh, the way they unfold the story, the way they bring in new elements about how she finds her friend is beautiful. The flashbacks are great. They uh, The more flashbacks you see, the more you understand their characters' interactions and who they are with each other. Uh, it's, it's really well made. Um and they also have side characters, uh, American side characters that end up seeing her and taking a picture and going through town and finding out she's dead and all this other side element. The husband's actually a fairly comical character and enjoyable. Uh, it, it's it's a sad movie. It's a mean-spirited movie. It's a beautiful-looking movie. It has that same... It's well shot. It, it is slow at times, but it's always in a great location. There's plenty of nudity, plenty of sexual stuff in here. I would really recommend this one. And it's surprisingly gory. Some nasty gore in here where it, there's lots of throats being ripped out and just blood spewing, much more gorier than Lips of Blood and uh, <laughs> gorier than uh, Zombie Lake. But I really love this one. I would really recommend checking it out. I, I ordered the Blu-ray myself. I had to have it. But, uh, yeah, it's on Shudder. Uh, it's, it's a great movie, well acted. Uh, and I love the relationship uh, with, you know, someone wanting to keep someone alive who doesn't want to be alive. Uh, and, and that's similar to, like, kind of a death dream as well at the end. But I would really check out Lips of Blood. It's a, it's a real winner. Okay, the next one here is the Weekly Western. Let's go. Why not? Fill your hand, you son of a bitch! Say when. Knock, 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 knock,
movie forever. I even had the DVD, the double feature with uh, Joshua, but I had never watched it. And uh, the more and more I heard about it, the more and more I was like, man, I'm just going to put this in. This is a Spanish uh, Western. This is not a spaghetti Western, I guess, uh, but it has a similar feel to it. Uh, it feels like the Hateful Eight meets the Dirty Dozen, if that explains anyone. We have this uh, Civil War uh, sergeant uh, transporting these uh, seven ruthless killers. One of these killers killed his wife, is responsible for the, wife of his, the death of his wife. They're all chained together. They're going through a, a bad territory where a lot of people are robbed. And uh, this sergeant wants to know who did it. His daughter's also with him. He wants his revenge. And uh, he's pretty brutal. These guys are, uh, you know, no uh, uh, spring chickens either. They're all old and grizzled. And they just look like they've been through hell. And, you know, they're not they're not nice guys either. They're the cutthroats nine. Or come on. So what happens is uh, they get robbed by these guys looking for gold. And uh, they uh, have these guys in a chain gang. And they're like, there's no gold. These are only prisoners. Uh, there is a twist here. And uh, I'm going to give it. They mention it in the trailer, so I'll spoil it. They're actually chained together with gold. It's hidden as gold. So they can transport this gold and look like they don't have any. Uh, the wagon crashes. Everybody dies except the sergeant, his daughter, and the seven prisoners. And this leads him having to tra tra uh, take these guys through the snow and get them to the next fort. But soon they find out that they have the gold. And. Uh, of course, people start getting picked off here and there, and uh, trusts are pushed, uh, boundaries are broken, gore is, blood is spewed, and it is gory. People are shot, especially for 71, 72, people shot in the eyes, falling down. It's just brutal, and uh, these guys are ruthless, no matter what it takes to survive and get gold. Uh, they all have these, uh, when when people die or when uh, you get close to, her, to a character, they'll show glimpses of their past, they'll show the glimpses of the wife's murder, and uh, you don't know the whole story at the end, and of course, you when they, they discuss discover who it is. It, it, it's, it makes a lot of sense at, at times, uh, drawing the straws in and whatnot. And it shows these flashes to these guys uh, in their lives before. Uh, really entertaining movie. And uh, it ends awesomely. It's great. Uh, you can tell this is one of those movies that Tarantino drools over, he salivates over. But uh, it's not particularly well acted because a lot of these guys are dubbed. But uh, they just have stone faces. And uh, some of them are really well acted through their faces. But, you know, the dubbing hurts the performances. But... Uh, there's just a lot of beautiful moments when they lay the, the chains on the train tracks. Uh, it's really great. And they're like, yeah. And then when they get excited when the train comes, uh, the interactions are great. The flashbacks are great. And the reveals are great. And the ending's great. I would really recommend Cutthroat's Nine if you could pick up the Blu-ray. I, uh, I, I would do that. There's only a trailer on the disc. There's not many special features here. But uh, a real winner. This film, acclaimed by critics as the most violent motion picture ever portrayed on the screen. <laughs> Cutthroats 9. <laughs> a notorious gang bent on the slaughter of human souls for a small fortune in gold. And even more precious, their freedom.
Ruthless men fighting for their lives. They were desperate criminals, chained together, driven by a vengeful sergeant. They feared nothing. They were destined to die shackled like animals. Cutthroats 9. The story of a young girl trapped amidst the lust and greed of vicious killers. Cutthroats 9. Roy Hill as her lover. Emma Cohen. One girl, nine men that would stop at nothing to get what they want. Starring Robert Hunter as the vengeful Sergeant Brown. and violence that will rip your heart out. Cutthroats 9. Violence is the way of life. It's the one movie that you must not see alone. What you see here is only a sample of what is in store for you in Cutthroats 9. For your protection, you will be given a terror mask free at the entrance. We urge you to use it if the violence is more than you can stand. The serves got nothing to do with it. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The next one is the pick of the week by James Grimer. Uh, you guys will notice that these are going to be a week behind. So if you win this week, you won't get next week. It won't be reviewed next week. It'll be reviewed the week after, if that makes any sense. But he picked Slayground with Peter Coyote from uh, Anchor Bay. I did not have this one. I actually had to pick it up. Uh, it sounded interesting enough. I put it in and I realized I'm, I'm doing my research on it afterwards. After I watched it, I'm like, oh, wow, this is based off the same source material that uh, the character Parker. He's like in a, like 1920 novels. The movie Parker was based on. Uh, the Split was based on. Um, point, uh, point, blank, uh, point Blank was based on. So I'm like, this should be interesting. So I'm watching this and uh, I'm thinking all those movies like The Split and uh, Parker and Point Blank, they have good cast, especially uh, The Split. And I'm like, oh, who do we have in here? Uh, Peter Coyote, okay. And Kelly Maroney in a small role? I'm just like, okay, oh, this one's a little bit cheaper, I'm sure, than the other ones. Uh, what we have here is a guy who pulls off a crime with two other guys. Uh, oh, Ed, uh, Ned uh, Eisenberg's in here from The Burning and Last Man Standing too, as well. So he pulls this crime off with two other guys. One's a young kid. The kid screws up. He ends up uh, crashing into somebody and making this mobster angry. This guy hires this crazy, almost slasher-like hitman to take them out. And that's exactly what happens. Peter Coyote goes on the run for it uh, and wants to get out of here and get his name cleared. That's the plot of the movie. Uh, when the killings actually happen, they're all off-screen when uh, people get whacked. So it's kind of strange. And it's very hard to care about Peter Coyote. He's not particularly likable. He's not particularly clever. He's not, And it's strange that this guy was a character in like 19 stories. He's called Stone in here. They changed the name. But but it's so bizarre that this guy is supposed to be this super clever, uh, witty guy or whatever. You, you'd think James Bond type if he has these books about him. But I guess those are completely different stories. But he's just not likable. He doesn't seem very intelligent. And he seems fairly inept. Uh, he ends up going to... And, and, and almost everybody he comes in contact with, he ends up 
getting them killed or is responsible for some bodily harm to them. He, you just like this guy is a moron. To be honest, uh, you would like to him to you know fight his own battles or just let himself die at this point halfway through the movie, but. There are some good stalking scenes by the hitman on him and uh, some decent action, some explosions. Uh, all in all, it's just a solid movie. It's not great. It's not amazing. I wouldn't really give it a recommendation. I would say if it's on TV, I would check it out. Uh, Peter Coyote's fine. He's a decent actor, but uh, he, he doesn't demand or command a screen presence, I wouldn't say. I mean, the only other couple movies I think of is Southern Comfort, which he's fairly good in. But uh, it's just kind of a... a a weak effort with some decent moments in here. Uh, and I think that is probably popular due to, you know, it, it being kind of almost like a slasher action movie. Uh, the shadow man is kind of scary. Uh, the guy tracking him down and, uh, he kills him. It, the setups to the kills are ridiculous, but it's strange that they're all off screen. The aftermath shown and you're just like off screen deaths. Come on. But, uh, like I said, there's some decent moments, and uh, it does end in an amusement park, which I love. Uh, and also, like, the new kids. So the ending is worth checking out, like I said. It's okay. I'm glad I watched it. I'm not upset I bought it, but I probably won't be revisiting it uh, anytime soon. <laughs> That's what Terry used to call Johnny and me family. They were close as brothers. No money. Your wife and I didn't. But our shadow hung over them. I'm the shadow man, Mr. Stone. Terry's not the same man you knew in America. Don't let him die. They did not know his name. I see we This would be the last time, Terry. Oh, Christ! How many times have I heard that? But he knew theirs. Every villain I've ever known. And how do they end up? I'm all around you, Mr. Stone. What do you want? What else am I going to do, huh, Terry? I'm backed up against the wall. Brothers in crime. You got one chance. Fighting for their lives. You owe me! Yeah, I owe you! Welcome to your field, oh, Mr. Stone, Mr. Stone. Blood brothers in every sense. Please enjoy this brief intermission.
I will be reviewing is The Glass Coffin. I had not heard anybody talk about this one. This is a Spanish movie. MVD released it. Uh, I believe it came out, uh, it was only released this year or last, probably 2017. I put this in and I didn't really expect much. It wasn't very long. So uh, as I started, I was like, okay, I think I know where this might be going. We have a... a this famous actress who gets invited to go to uh, these this award. She's getting like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, it it kind of like a, a bigger actress and, and whatnot. And uh, she's in this limo. She gets in and all of a sudden everything stops. She's trapped in the limo. And uh, this person starts barking orders at her to do. All these things to do. I say try to find your, you know, your your inner actress and do all these crazy things. It, it turns into kind of like a game of death movie, uh, but it gets a, a bigger on a psychological level. And the twist is actually uh, nice. And it kind of relates to who she is an actress and who she actually is. She starts seeing like video footage of her saying things and also stuff that she, you know, didn't know she was being recorded when she said it. And of course it gets fairly brutal. And the twist in this movie at the very end, I was like, I started to scratch my head when the person who's actually pulling the strings comes out. I said, this is a completely different movie now. This does not feel like the movie that started. Uh, it was like this kind of like um, thriller, kind of like, I guess, torture. Not necessarily torture, but psychological thriller, uh, psychological thriller. And then it uh, turns into this like bizarre and it takes this turn. Um a lot of people have been saying this is like super chauvinistic and non and stuff like that. And I, I just don't really see it. I understand that it's a woman being exploited uh, to because she's an actress, but I think it it kind of pertains to what happens to actresses in real life by a lot of you know it's kind of doing a message to a lot of them. Maybe maybe it was ahead of the curve about the producers, you know, exploiting people here and there, and actresses getting an actress getting chewed up and thrown away and abused and used, and it, it does a lot of that, and it, it's fairly intriguing. When you consider that it's all in one location, it all takes place in one location, uh, with not much in there. Just just this big limo trapped in there, and only a very small core of characters. There's not much as far as features are concerned on the disc, but I think it was uh, fairly solid. And uh, I thought that the actress did a tremendous job. I thought she was really good, and I thought the voice in the PA was creepy, and the the real voice of the person was even creepier. Uh, it's almost like a monster movie when that person comes out. It, it, completely different angle that 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 uh, the movie turns into. But that's uh, Glass Coffin. Amanda, asumido. Estás atrapada en esta limusina. The next one I'll be reviewing is also with, uh, I think it came out uh, 2014, 2015, but really wasn't widely available ever around here as far as I know. This uh, I actually watched on Shudder. This is The Shrew's Nest. I saw the trailer for The Shrew's Nest and I thought that looked very interesting and uh, I finally got around to seeing it. Uh, I was happy to see that it was on Shudder. I popped it and it takes place during the 50s. Uh, this is a super strange, bizarre movie, family psychological thriller, a lot of uh, intense, disturbing stuff going on. We have this 
this agoraphobic woman and uh, who lives with her sister. Her sister just turned 18. The agoraphobic woman, she kind of like knits things outside of her apartment, how she makes a living. And uh, she has a troubled past. Um, she constantly seeing her father around. Her father's been dead for a long time. And her father is kind of, uh, you know, this, this presence to her. This, you know, something deeply embedded in her mind. Uh, and when her sister turns 18, it's, it, it has this awakening, this turmoil, this panic that, you know, this is all she's lived for for so long. She's much older than her, her sister. And, uh, she kind of almost snaps. She realized she has this religious presence that was embedded from her childhood. All these horrible things that are inside of her passed on from her childhood. The sisters have a very bizarre relationship. And, uh, what happens is this guy who's trying to, you know, uh, escape um, something, falls down the stairs in the apartment building and breaks his leg and the agoraphobic woman pulls him in and starts to take care of him. We have this misery situation where she has not really been, been had much contact with people in general, especially men. So she wants to kind of become obsessed with this man and, and keep him a hostage without letting him know. Uh, and she starts to drug him and then the sister forms a relationship with this man and it gets even more complicated. Uh, as it progresses, you learn more about the psychological state of both of these people, and you learn how uh, crazy and different this agoraphobic woman can actually become. She has a lot more problems going on, and there is a couple twists thrown in here. There's a lot of nasty stuff going on that happened in this family, and it's it's well shot. It's incredibly well acted. The lead actresses are great, especially uh, the villainess. I guess I'll call her. She is uh, horrifying. And uh, when the when the blood spews in this, it's it's very bright. It, it just it looks so real. It looks uh it looks beautiful because the way it's framed and everything about the movie, it just looks great. The blood looks great in it, and I was shocked to see that it got that violent. And uh, the way that the deaths happen are actually. Uh, uh, intense and suspenseful it's a highly suspenseful movie i think that people would love it especially uh, i don't want to say it's as extreme as something like inside but uh it kind of reminds me of inside in a way that it has this you know these great uh you know art qualities and then these suspense qualities and then these uh violent qualities i love the twist in it i love the relationship between the sisters uh it, it has an emotional impact uh, and I was pretty devastated by the end of the movie. I would really recommend checking this one out. I'd love to see a United States Blu-ray. There is a German Blu-ray and a Spanish Blu-ray, but the German doesn't have English subs. The Spanish doesn't. It's kind of an expensive import, but uh, it's called Shrew's Nest. You can watch it on Shudder. Uh, really highly recommended stuff. I had not heard really anybody talk about it. I would call it a horror movie. Has a lot of horrific elements going in there. Uh, slight psychological slash supernatural element, more psychological. But uh, yeah, really recommended. Great stuff. De rodilla. Estás completamente loca. Yo solo quiero protegerte. Entiendo como un hombre me puede hacer más daño que tú. Uh, the next one I watched I haven't seen in years. It's been so long. I had, I have the embassy tape of it. Uh, it's the Supernaturals. I watched this on Amazon Prime. It looks awful. It's in it's in widescreen, I believe. It's definitely maybe a cropped VHS turned into widescreen. Uh, the Supernaturals. Yeah, it's got a great story or a great premise, I'll say. Uh, 
years ago, these uh, Confederate soldiers were captured by Yankees and all of them were forced to march across a minefield. This this young boy who was forced in there just because he was wearing the uniform, uh, he has these special powers. You find that out. And uh, the opening of this movie is actually really great. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much. Like I said, I, I already told you about the mines, but there's a, a little twist to it as well. And uh, he has these special powers. Cut to the present time, we have these uh, off uh, these uh, soldiers training in this, this area and they realize there's some weird things going on. Um, the soldiers include LeVar Burton, who's probably the biggest name of the bunch. Uh, the person who plays the drill sergeant, she's great in it. She's uh, she's probably the best character of the film. But you also notice in the very opening of the movie, in the beginning of the movie, there's uh, Lawrence Ferguson, I believe his name is, who uh, plays uh, Eddie Black in Dark Man. He pops up in Neon Maniacs. He pops up in Menace of Society. And he's also in The Supernaturals. He's in this as well. And uh, he's, on, he's always recognizable, that deep bellowing voice. Um, I think he's even in Prince of Darkness. I think it's the same guy in Prince of Darkness, I want to say. But uh, love seeing him pop up and stuff. Uh, great actor. Um, yeah, and that's basically it. Uh, soon... These soldiers, the actors, as far as concerned, uh, the soldiers start to realize strange things are happening. There's this woman there who is from the past, and uh, the and uh, there's a supernatural element, hence the title "Supernaturals." The Confederate soldiers actually start coming to life, but you really don't know why. Uh, it definitely involves that boy. It definitely involves the the woman from the past, and uh, the soldiers start to you know engage in battle with uh, with the soldiers. There's a, a couple decent deaths in here. Some uh, you know. Pretty graphic stuff compared to for the re compared to the rest of the movie. Uh, they set up their characters for a long time. There's like a 45 minute thing, 45 minutes of setup before anything actually happens. It does hurt the film. There, it just tad boring. There, uh, the actual look of the zombies is damn cool. Uh, there's a nice atmosphere with the fog rolling in and all the trees. So you got to give it points for that. All in all, it's standard. I think that if this was on HD and looked a lot better, crisper. I mean, it looked good. You might give it some more points points and because the premise is so nice but there's a good 15 minutes that should be cut out of this movie to keep the pace going and maybe add in some better you know kills and i think the movie would be actually a little bit more entertaining i think it's fairly decent uh the score it points i think i remember it being like a military style score but then there's also the other stuff that feels like it's from like uh what's what's the word uh uh, a prairie home show or something that doesn't really feel in place. All in all, it's decent. It's on Amazon Prime, so if you want to check it out, because this movie is fairly rare. I do believe there is a DVD somewhere, a German one, uh, but I, I don't have it myself. Eine Gruppe junger Soldaten bei der Ranger Ausbildung. Ein einfacher Spätrupauftrag in unbekanntes Gelände wird zu einem Albtraum, zu einer Flucht vor unheimlichen Wesen. Rebellen des Grauens. Die Geister der Ermordeten steigen aus ihren Gräbern. Die Toten stehen auf, um sich an ihren Henkern zu rächen. Eine Jagd auf Leben und Tod beginnt. Ein grauenhafter Kampf ums Überleben. Zwei entgehen der blutigen Orgie, aber auch sie sind gezeichnet. Rebellen des Grauens. Die Hölle hat sie ausgespielt. Und die Hölle verschlingt sie wieder. Rebellen des Grauens.
the next one, also from Amazon Prime. I actually like this one a lot better than The Supernaturals. I wouldn't say a lot, but quite a bit. It's on Amazon Prime. It looks much better. Uh, it is Blood Salvage. Yeah, I haven't seen Blood Salvage in years. Both these are rewatches. Uh, I was like, oh, it's on there. I'm going to check it out. Uh, Blood Salvage is definitely like a bastard child of Leatherface and uh, the Text Chainsaw Massacre 3 and uh, Motel Hell. It might actually have been made before uh, Leatherface, but it feels like Motel Hell on that. It's definitely a Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspired film. Um, and it has these, it has like a slight comedic kind of jaded element to it. We meet Jake who runs this kind of, he run, he's a junk, he runs a junker. He has a junker. He uh, picks uh, cars up and fixes things and whatnot, but that's not actually what he does. Uh, of course, it's this family of uh, weirdos living out there and what they're doing is harvesting people's organs, but Jake believes he's helping people because he lost a loved one because she couldn't get the organs. So he's harvesting organs of uh, people that are healthy and giving them to this doctor, Ray Walston, uh, to other people, you know, to get their organs. So he has this weird place uh, harvesting organs, which is similar to Motel Hell, where they harvest the flesh of people to make, uh, you know, sausages and whatnot. So it has that thing going for it. There's a, it's a family of three, one horrifically kind of, uh, you know, violent son who uh is very hates women completely and then we have the uh half-wit son who you kind of feel sorry for jake himself who's this kind of religious zealot uh who thinks he's doing god's work again a, a, another similarity to motel hall this probably would have worked well as a sequel if uh roy calhoun didn't bite it but uh as this religious zealot as he's uh, you know praising god for taking people's organs and helping the less fortunate and we have a cro uh, alligator which is also really cool which kind of goes back to another toby hooper classic uh, eaten alive but it's a crocodile so it has all these similarities to toby hooper stuff it's definitely a, a love letter to toby hooper i would say but uh saying that uh the movie doesn't always work it has some nice sets set pieces uh, uh and the main thing is a family gets kidnapped this crippled girl and he wants to help the girl he has a likeness to her she's always in beauty pageants her dad is played by john saxon which is great he's great the acting's fairly solid in the movie and, like, I like the location. I, I love that they have an alligator, and I love that it's a killer family. It's better than a lot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels, to be honest. I think it's better than, uh, it's probably on a caliber with something like Leatherface, but it's better than all the ones after that that I've seen. So that's always cool. So it, it's like a zany. It's got a comedy element to it. It is goofy. It is weird, and it, it's nonsensical, especially at the end. They leave it open for a sequel, and it's outrageous. Um... Uh, I, I, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's goofy. It reminds me of stuff like The Carpenter with uh, Wings Hazard. Uh, Hauser. I, I, I would recommend checking it out, especially if you like that kind of psycho, hillbilly, weird stuff going on. Um, it has its moments. It has some decent acting. It has some cool set pieces. It has outrageously silly lab equipment and whatnot. Uh, and like I said, uh, it, it's not. it has a couple moments of blood and, here and there, but it's not overly gory. Uh, and it has a cameo by Evander Holyfield, heavyweight boxer. So there's that going for it. It's just a weird movie. And it actually, like I said, it has two recognizable names in Ray Walston and John Saxon. I would check it out. It's fun. I always have fun watching it. Blood Cell. Strange things are happening at Jake's Junkyard. Helping people's my business, huh? Up in. Great. Things that no one can explain. What do you suppose these stupid hicks know about fixing cars? No! Well, I imagine they know a whole lot about fixing cars. I mean, what else they got to do around here? Things that no one can believe. I won't take girl, and I'm gonna have her. Do you think she's pretty? I think she's pretty. What you want with a cripple, anyway? 
things that are only supposed to happen in bad dreams. Come on in and meet the family. What have you done to my mother? <laughs> There's a little girl out in Salt Lake City who could use that heart. Might bring about uh, 40, 45. That's the last time we inviting strangers to dinner. Why is your daddy doing this to me? Because he wants to fix you. Fix me? Dang, real. If you break down in Jake's neighborhood, say your prayers and run like hell. They're drugged, right? Kick them and see. Please help me. I'm sorry. I can't. Praise the Lord. Another convert. I'm gonna kill you. I made two walks, and the first thing you do is run out on me. You little whore. Now this is going to hurt. I knew something like this was gonna happen. salvage. If Jake can't fix it, it's been dead too long. Next one I watched was from Netflix. Uh, yeah, I had seen the first Creep, but uh, you know I'd heard good things about the second one, so I so I started watching. I thought the first Creep was okay, and I must say that uh, I really enjoyed Creep too. And uh, Mark Duplass again picks up where he left off. If you guys remember Wolfie, uh, he's a serial killer who kind of uh, brings these people in on this facade that he's somebody different than who he is, and he likes to play these games. He gets off on the games. It's really what what he kind of does. And uh, there's this girl who's. Uh, you know, trying to make it big in the in the blogging YouTube world, I guess I'll say, and she likes to go uh, meet these Craigslist ads and talks to people and, and you know, uh, kind of exploit them for her channel, but not in a cruel way. She knows what she's doing, but she wants to, you know, uh, capture these interesting people. So she ends up answering uh, Mark Duplass's blog, of course, uh, or his uh, Craigslist ad, and uh, he brings her in and tells her he's a serial killer and he wants her to record his, you know, his uh, next kill, or he's getting 40 and he's going through a midlife crisis. So it's got this dark, dark comedy element that's a serial killer is going through this, you know, this midlife crisis. She doesn't believe him, but she decides to go along with the ride anyways. And as it unfolds, you learn more about him um, and how weird he is. And you see him break down and see him actually get annoyed with her because he, the camera's kind of turned on him this time. So you get into his head and uh, it becomes comedic at times, but I also love it because she's super weird and their interactions are great. I love when you get two weirdos interacting with each other and it's not complete crap. Like, I mean, it's not so fake looking and over the top. I like that sometimes as well but when it comes to realistic because Mark Duplass somehow can play this this nutball but make it realistic and she can play this realistic weird character as well. But as it progresses, you start to see that this is going to lead somewhere. You don't know who's playing who, where it's going to go. And uh, the ending's great. Uh, there's times in this movie where I laughed out loud, times where I was like, whoa, that was pretty intense. I think it's better than the first. I think it's damn great, actually, for what it is, the, the way this is shot and everything. And it, it never looks like crap, although it is, you know, like the camera's held and all that. Uh, it, it never gets, like, jarring where you're you're wanting to get sick or not. Maybe, maybe some people might see that. It doesn't look realistic enough, but I think it, I think it works in every aspect that it's trying to do and I, I for what it is I think it's tremendously well done uh, I love the performances I love the twist I love the interactions I love where it takes the story and I'm ready to see another one I would really recommend checking out Creep 2 I'm Sarah hey welcome to Encounters Sunday morning I'm Sarah hey Sarah how you doing 
The show where I look behind the strange world of online personal ads. What is their story? Who are these people? So subscribe and join me on this journey. You never know who you might meet next. Hello? turned 40, I've lost my inspiration, I have no joy. I'm having a hard time. What am I doing trying to make the films that I used to make? What if I make a documentary? And this is where you come in. I have no idea what I'm stepping into. Together, I believe we will make magic. Aaron, is that you? You are inspiring feelings in me. I don't know what to do. Oh my God. This is gonna be a good day. I'm very excited about it, okay? Are you ready to go? Wow, you're tough not to crack. The next one is The Transfiguration that was on Netflix. I heard uh, a lot of people talk about this one. I heard it on Moods Podcast and uh, Shockwaves Podcast. So I, so I put this in and it was always being like, it's like Martin in the hood, Martin in the urban urban area. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like something I would like. Um, so I started watching it and that's pretty much what it is. We have this young uh, boy, I believe is I can't remember his name, uh, Milo, because his name is so bizarre. His brother's Lewis, Milo and Lewis. And he lives with this older brother. Their parents are both passed. So, and they live in this uh, apartment complex. He was uh, in the military. So, they, you know, they do seem to have some sort of money, although they are living in poverty in an impoverished place um, in the city. Uh, Milo is picked on. Nobody really likes him. And, and, and for kind of good reason, Milo's a strange character. He, uh, it seems like a mild-mannered kid who doesn't really talk. He's obsessed with vampires, and basis he he rates them basis on how realistic they are, which is kind of unique. Um, he ends up going out and killing people and sucking their blood. There's a really great scene right in the beginning where he's sucking a person's blood in the uh, in a bathroom stall, and somebody walks in and they think a sexual act's going on in there, so he he runs out. Uh, really bizarre. Uh, he ends up befriending this uh, this this girl who uh, has been sexually abused and mentally and emotionally abused, and this white girl who is the only white girl in the neighborhood, pretty much besides her grandfather. And uh, he ends up uh, befriending her. They start this weird kind of relationship, and she starts to learn about him, and he learns about her. And you learn deep down inside, uh, Milo may not be as horrible as you think he is, as, as, as uh, big a sociopath or psychopath as he seems to be. He, he might have some feelings below that cold exterior. And uh, as it progresses, uh, you don't really know what he's going to do. 
that's where the tension lies in this movie. Is he going to kill this girl? Is he going to befriend her? Are, are they going? Is he going to go straight? But he has a, a calendar when he must feed and all these things, and he's kind of uh, doing examinations on himself. It's really well shot. I love that it takes place in an urban place. Uh, urban. There's not many horror movies that do that, and uh, not many horror movies that do it well. Um, and, and and the very end with the way they call him freak. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but. Uh, there's a part that reminds me of Bad Lieutenant, uh, that's all I'll say, by Abel Ferreira. Um, it's part urban crime film, part uh, psychological vampire tale. If Martin were to run into like kind of like clockers, you might get something like uh, Transfiguration. I think it works really well, and uh, again, it's kind of a sad ending, and uh, there's a lot of symbolism, a lot of uh, that they talk about stuff like that, uh, how she mentions the thing in True Blood, how he went and a uh, character stood on top of rooftop and died, and at one point when uh, Milo realizes that he's done something horrifically awful, he goes out and stares on the roof rooftop hoping that the sun will burn him alive uh but you know yeah they they never he he doesn't the rules are completely different he doesn't know the rules and he's always going on about a vampire just can't kill himself it's just the way it is but uh it's it's a damn interesting movie and it's really well made and i'd love to see what the director's going to do next i I also want to check out aaron's blood because i know that is kind of like a a low-key vampire movie as well but uh, transfiguration we're checking out for sure uh, wish they would put out a Blu-ray. I'm, I'm not going to buy a DVD. Not doing that. Have you been hurting any animals? Maybe thinking, but I don't do it. Not anymore. Wow, you're really into um, vampires. I was going to say scary movies. So you heard, huh? Huh? Someone killed a white boy in the basement. So what are vampires like? I think it starts with drinking blood. Like you have a need to. Eventually that's not good enough. So you switch to animals and people. So you really like him? Yeah, I do. Whatever it is you're doing. There's someone doing a whole lot worse. And the next one is the pick of the week by Nick Mua. Uh, he picked uh, MFA. I ended up checking this out. This is by uh, the stars Francesca Eastwood. So that interested me. And uh, I was reading the plot. I had my eye on it before. That The idea that he passed it and said, you should check that. I want you to do this one. Kind of pushed me in that place to buy it. So I was like, I wanted to see it. He picked it. I'm just going to go out and buy it instead of running it. So MFA, uh, this is an interesting one. This is a rape revenge film. I love those kind of movies. I love revenge films in general. Uh, I'm a sucker for anything like that. Uh, Dark Guy released this one, and then it started, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood's daughter was kind of interesting. I saw the Scott Eastwood one. It was uh, Clint Eastwood's son, the Western he did, and I thought that was fairly decent. Man, the Eastwoods all look alike. They have those wide cheekbones and those eyes that make them all look like they're werewolves to me. But, uh, yeah, this one, uh, she's an art student, and... uh, at times, everybody's kind of pretentious. It started reminding me of something like Art School Confidential. And uh, what happens to her is she's ta- she's raped by this uh, boy she's interested in. And she goes back to, you know, confront him and uh, something tragic happens. And uh, much like people, that uh, it starts off as a kind of an accident. Once they cross that line, there's no cr- going back. Uh, she starts to look at other rape cases on campuses and realizes they're all ignored. And nobody cares and, you know... 
people are just getting away with stuff they shouldn't be and doing horrible things and and no one wants to ruin the rapist's life kind of like the the swimmer who literally raped a girl in an alley and basically walked scot free uh and, and there's witnesses this happens a lot and uh, th- that kind of thing going on here. And she decides to take vengeance in her own hand like any good Eastwood should. Uh, look at Dirty Harry Callahan. So what she does is she starts looking in rape cases around the area and looking at the real brutal ones. And she uh, starts to go pick people off in uh, ways seemingly accidents like uh, over drinking and things like that on this college campus. But then a-, a cop, Clifton Collins Jr., starts to realize that these are connected. Something's going on. And that's kind of what we get her art starts to you know get better from it uh, similar to art school confidential have not necessarily got better from it but the art became popular from it she starts to get inspiration from actually carrying out these horrific acts and it, it, it reminds me of the sequel to the remake i spin on your grave the direct sequel i spin on your grave three the sequel to i spin on your grave one not part two that uh you know she's going around and she's in these like help groups and she's it has that going on for it but it doesn't feel like a canon movie like i spin on your grave three felt it's much more serious. It has a you know a good message in there about you know somebody's going to have to pay for these crimes that doesn't really deserve to be punished, and that does happen in here. And you know uh, there are repercussions for your actions. Um, it, the ending's pretty damn good. I like uh, the speech at the end. I don't want to give too much away. But uh, I think it's a good movie. I think that uh, some of the deaths are are fairly brutal, um, but not horrifically gory or anything like that. And uh, the whole movie, I wanted Francesca Eastwood to kill more people because uh, the people she's doing it to have it coming. Uh, I'd recommend checking it out. I think it's pretty cool. It's got you know some nice music needle drops in there as well that I think fit with the movie. It, it's shot well, and she's beautiful, and she's a fairly good actress. I thought I was impressed with it. Uh, no real complaints about the movie. A solid uh, rape-revenge movie, um, just the way I like them. I like almost all the revenge flicks. A solid revenge movie that I think is worth checking out that kind of gets into psychological aspects a little bit and uh, you know the repercussions and uh, the reasons why and, you know, it just feels good when somebody takes the law in their own hand in a movie because you know damn well you can't do it in real life, but you like to sometimes. What are you thinking for your thesis exhibition? I'm hoping that it invites the viewer to look closer at the emotion that's not typical. Yeah, we're not noticing emotion. Let's jump in the deep end this year. Can I uh, see what you're doing? Cool, I like this a lot. So my roommates and I are having a party tonight. You want to come? Look at you, hot stuff. You meeting someone special? There's this guy, but I don't even know if he's into me. Hi. I actually feel like I might be moving away from painting. But you're so good. Are you sure that you said no and that he heard you? No. You told me you said wait. How much did you have to drink, Noelle? Something similar happened to our friend. She told the school. They told her she was crazy. I want you to say you're sorry. (gasps) Did you see Luke last night? Yeah. How long did you stay? (laughs) Don't let it ruin the rest of your life. I'm sorry to just show up like this. Your story has really inspired me. Your thesis is about my rapists. Not just yours. Mine too. You're all by yourself? Not anymore. Did you try to take advantage of me? 
Meet a boy, something like that. One of the football players from every case last spring. It's not your responsibility. The cops, they are not protecting us. For every one of me, detective, I'm guessing there are a few who never even tried. Why don't you start there? You break the law, there's gonna be consequences. I guess it depends on which law you break.